So today in, in, the, in the Gospel of John, Jesus is giving his followers a really long goodbye. Most Bible scholars call this his farewell discourse, which is just a, a fancy name for a very prolonged see you later to his friends. He's sharing with his friends a last bit of wisdom and love before he goes on to the next part of his ministry. Now, for all of you who are being uh, doing the Rite 13 liturgy today, you're probably familiar with these long goodbyes, and all of us here are familiar with them, I'd imagine. We've all been a part of one before. And you'll remember you're, uh, you're going to camp for the first time, or you're getting dropped off for your first day of kindergarten, elementary school, middle school. Or you're going out with your friends for the first time, you probably remember. And there's this moment where your mom or dad gets the tears kind of pooling up in the bottom of their eyes. And then they start saying things that they think are, are, are really wise, are really smart, things that really hit the mark, things that they think are really going to make a huge difference in your life. You know, one last bit of advice before you go out into the big, bad world. Yeah, you all know what I'm talking about. Um, when I would drop off our oldest, Madeline, at junior high school, um, I had this joke that I played on her quite a few times that would horrify her. I mean, she found me sort of horrifying in general, <laughs> but this would especially horrify her. I would yell cliched advice to her out the window to embarrass her. One of my favorite ones, stolen from the movie Freaky Friday, was, make good choices, honey. And then another one was, pick good friends. That one really embarrassed her. And of course, there's the, the standard. Do your best, sweetie. Or, of course, the always horrifying, I love you, baby. <laughs> and she hated it. But, you know, I have to admit that it, that it was not just for her. It made me feel a little bit better about her leaving me and going to school and being out in the world. In our last moment together, I believe that, that these things I said to her might actually make a difference to her. But then it got real when her mom and I dropped her off at college last fall up in New York City. Talk about the big bad world. And all during the week before, and especially on the weekend before we left her, um, one of us, usually me, uh, would randomly burst into tears. We'd be standing in line at Target after buying some Tylenol. I'd start crying. We'd be at Bed Bath & Beyond, and I'd buy her a new vegetable steamer. I'd burst into tears. And finally, Madeline pulled, pulled us both aside, and she said, You've got to stop crying. This is happy. Be glad for me. This is a good thing. And she was right. But still, I mean, it's my, my oldest leaving home. So when we finally got to that moment in front of her dorm, um, there at St. Mark's Place, and I was saying goodbye to her, my throat was so tightly constricted and I was trying so hard not to cry that, that the last bit that I gave her sounded something like this. Uh, make good friends, know I love you, and may God bless you and keep you always. <laughs> you know, I crossed her because I can't because I'm a priest. <laughs> you could too, though. 
Then I, I turned away and Patricia and I walked away from her holding hands. And I know to her at that moment, and to you guys, these long goodbyes seem really corny and really silly and really excessive. But you know, we parents, we, we like to give you good advice. We like to tell you these things that we hope will help you out in the world. We desperately want you to be happy and we want you to do well because, well, contrary to what you may think sometimes, we love you. I mean, we really love you. And we love you because, among other things, you're a part of us. You're our hearts and souls walking around outside of our bodies. We are family. Jesus lived in a time when family wasn't so readily defined as it is, is, is it is <clears throat> wasn't so readily defined by biology and biological parents. Right, your lifespans were short, life was hard for most people, especially Jewish folk who were subjects of the Roman Empire. It wasn't an easy thing. Um, being a non Roman subject, you could be subject to uh, to random violence, not from soldiers, then from crime or from disease or poverty or war. I mean, people died, and kids and families, they shifted around. And so families could, could consist of aunts and uncles and cousins and all kinds of people. Family was who you were with. So the disciples, all of whom have left home, they've said goodbye to everyone in their family, and they've said that this now is my family. They've left home, and they've left jobs, and they've gone with Jesus. So now they are Jesus' family. Jesus really gets today that, that he's getting ready to go on to what's next for him. But he also wants desperately for this family that he loves, his heart and soul of his walking around outside his body, to stay around for the rest of their lives and to do well. He wants them to stay around and to continue to do God's work here on earth. And then as a part of what we read today, Jesus starts talking to them about all these other beings who, are, who will be around for them. He talks about someone called the advocate, or some, some people call the companion, or the paraclete. And then he mentions his, his father, which means he must also be a son. And it even says, my father will love them, and he says, and we will come to them, and we will make our home with them. See, we hear from Jesus himself today that God herself, this, this Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, this Trinity, it's, God is composed of a community, of a family. A family consisting of three parts, of Father, a parent, and of Jesus, the Son, and of this Holy Spirit, or the Advocate. And all of them have their role in saving us and caring for us. And all of them are present and are still present with us now. I mean, think about it. What a wonderful thing. I mean, God isn't just in favor of a community. God just doesn't exhort us to start community or to build community. God is a community. God is a family. Now today, you four that are about to have your right 13, I want you to think about your community, about your family. Because with God's help, this community and this family has brought you so far. Your family's lived with you through 
through growth spurts, through mood swings, through countless diorama, diorama projects made out of cereal boxes, pre-algebra, ear infections, stomach viruses, heartbreak, disappointment, and happiness. This family you live in, this, this community gave you life and continues to give you life. Community and family, be it composed of a mom and a dad or, or two moms or two dads or, or, or countless other configurations involving brothers and sisters and grandparents and aunts and uncles and godparents and stepparents, significant others, best friends, teachers, coaches, maybe even priests and Sunday school teachers. Community and family is what brought you here to this day. See, community is life-giving and good. Community and family are what will propel you toward this future of abundant life that, that we want for you and that God wants for you. So today I want you to pay attention to this last thing that Jesus says at the end. We get a little bonus for him because he tells us what the end result of this community should be. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I give to you not as the world gives. Don't be troubled or afraid. See, the end result of the work of, of the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is not holiness, and it's not perfection, and it's not good works, and it's not even being, being uh, religious or faithful. The Holy Spirit and God among us working brings an end to our fear. Brings us peace. Look around you today, friends. You are blessed with a God who is family. And you have not only this family who's shown up to honor you today, this family you live with, the family who, who raises you, but you have a greater family of God who's filling this room today. All of us are here to help you remember that you were born blessed and that you are chosen and saved by God. And that God wants you most of all not to be afraid so you can live an abundant and grace-filled life. Because see, God wants you to be happy and to do well because, well, contrary to what you may think sometimes, what we may all think sometimes, God loves us because God made us. She really does. God loves us because we are a part of God. God's heart and soul walking around in this world. You, all of us, are God's family.